I was thinking as Pastor Daniel was talking about John Raz coming, he can maybe teach us some good introduction lines. It'd break the ice. You know, like if you're a young guy and you see a cute girl and you want to witness to her, you can say, you know, I've been learning about the states. She goes, oh, yeah, what states? And he says, well, you remind me of a state. Well, what state is that? Well, the state is Tennessee. Why is that? Because you're the only 10 I see. So, you know, you could tell them, I've been reading the Bible. And there's a whole book on the Bible that's just encouraging me to talk to you. And, 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 and I was reading it, and the, the name of the book uh, just, just told me I need to ask you. Well, what's that? I said, well, I was reading the book of Numbers, and I'd like to get your number. Yeah. Um, another one. Continents. I've been studying, studying countries. And you? You Jamaican me go crazy. So. Yes. So when, when Brother John comes, I'll make sure he doesn't take those because I've already used them. And they just, second time around, they're not as good. First time around, it wasn't very good. <laughs> All right, we got the youngest Sunday school class. The youngest Sunday school class. I've asked for the oldest Sunday school class to stay in. Today is Super Bowl Sunday, so my dear wife figured I couldn't get him a jersey because everybody would expect him to get a jersey. You guys doing like stealth, like crawling? <laughs> Um, so she said, I couldn't get him a jersey because everybody would expect him to have a Seattle Seahawks jersey. You know, Seattle and Dallas are my two favorite teams. And uh, so she thought, you know what, instead of getting him a jersey, I'm going to, uh, which is expected, I'm going to get him the Seattle Seahawks ugly Christmas sweater. So... When I was worshiping and you saw one bright green arm, it wasn't that she was doing an experiment. It was just what she thought she'd get me. So, um, you know, they, they refer to the, the fans of the Seahawks as the 12. Yeah, the 12th man. Do you know they got that from the Bible? It's like the 12 tribes, the 12 disciples. So they just figured they'd go with the 12. Okay, that was not a good joke. That was not good. Hallelujah. Territory. I want to take a few minutes this morning to talk about territory, and then I'd like to um, finish by taking a few minutes to talk about how we can make territory practical and, and an aspect that we can be involved with in making territory and um, with, with, with respect to souls and salvation. I want to re recap some of the the sermon. So we started with territory is promised. We saw it in Abraham. Do you know that God's got territory for you that you don't even realize yet? God had this territory for Abraham. Abraham couldn't even see it. He was in his tent and he was stuck with where he was. And God says, I've got something for you, Abraham. 
So God has something for you. For every single one of you. And I believe he's got spiritual territory, but I also believe he's got natural territory. He gave Abraham some natural territory. There's, you, you go about obtaining natural territory and spiritual territory in a few different ways. The spiritual territory you get is, is by faith and by seeing what God has for you. The natural territory is you learn what's required and you do what's required to fulfill that. So don't think you're going to get some territory, physical territory, without doing some work. That was a good place to go. Thank you, Pastor, for that word of wisdom. I believe in dreaming big. Pastor Brenda shared that this morning. We need to dream big. Dream big and then dream bigger. So as God was talking to Abraham, he gave him a vision of what territory was. And then he said, every place the sole of your foot goes is going to be yours. And I believe that God has territory for you that you will actually walk around and experience and, and participate in before you actually get there. Abraham walked through the territory before he actually received it. In fact, when you look at it, you find out that Abraham didn't even receive the full promise. So the territory that God has for you, I believe, is territory that goes beyond your lifespan. If you only think of it in your terms of your life, you're not looking for territory, you're looking for property. But if you look at it for my children and my children's children and my children's children and my great, 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 great grandkids, if you have an aspect of that, what you're doing is you're staking a claim on territory, not on property, but on territory that goes on and on and on. So he took Abraham and he says, I want you to walk around and everywhere the sole of your foot goes, you're going to have. And then we see 400 years later, 400 years later, Moses. God did not forget the promise that he had of territory. God did not forget the promise that he gave to Abraham and he saw Moses and he said to Moses, there's a land that I want you to go to and I want you to talk to Pharaoh and I'm going to tell you. Tell, and, and this is amazing. If you want to have a real encouraging story, read the story of Moses. Because God says, Moses, you go see Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. He says, and by the way, he's not going to allow them to go. Has God ever told you, I want you to go and experience this, but by the way, you're not going to experience it? Sometimes I think we think, well, God says it, and now it should just happen. But there was an aspect of deliverance that was required, an aspect of walking through, an aspect of seeing God work that Moses was required to see, and the children of Israel were required to see a part of their way when they experienced the promise. And he says, I've got this promise for you. I gave it to your father Abraham, your father Isaac, and your father Jacob. And now it's time for you to start walking it. And he goes to see Pharaoh and he gives him ten plagues. I mean, Pharaoh did not learn. But when Moses left Egypt, 
he plundered the Egyptians. I find this amazing. They went to their neighbors and they asked them for gold and silver and goods. And their neighbors gave it to them and the next day they left. (laughs) God has victories for you and on the way to your promised land, God can do the miraculous things. And he can give you provisions that nobody else can give you. They plundered. Do you know how they plundered the Egyptians? By asking them for their stuff. So Moses takes them. And three days into his journey, they start complaining. And then God says, I want you to send 12 spies. Check out the land. And they check out the land and they say, you know what? It is a good land. It's fruitful. Here's some evidence. They says, but we're like grasshoppers in their sight. Think about that for a moment. The perception they had from what their enemy saw. The enemy didn't tell them you're grasshoppers. The enemy didn't. That, That was something they interjected and they put into the equation without talking with God. Have you ever looked at a problem and you think this problem is just way too big for me? And you haven't, and you say, well, it's such a great, this is so great, but I'm just so feeble. I'm so small. The obstacles are so big. And what they did was they defeated themselves. And it actually says in Hebrews that God did not allow them to go in because of unbelief. Do you know unbelief caused them not to experience the promises? The territory that you have is connected to the way that you believe. And if you believe that God has territory for you, you would be amazed at the territory He has for you. I was watching a hockey game last night. The Edmonton Oilers. And they were up 2 nothing. And then the third period came, and Calgary has, this year, has come from behind in the third period eight times, now it's nine, but as of last night before the game, they had come from behind eight times in the third period, which is virtually unheard of. In fact, the eight times that they came from behind was better than they had done the previous three or four years combined. So usually when you're leading in the third period, you win the game. But for some reason, Calgary this year has been a team that has won the game and they've come back and they've tied the game and then they've taken it and won the game in either overtime or in regulation. And they were talking, the commentators were talking and they asked the coach, what did you say? And this is between the second and third period. So the third period has not started yet. And they said, what did you tell the players? And he says, well, we just told them. Remember, you've done this before. You've done this before. In fact, you've done it against this team. You've beat them. They were up 2-0 or 3-0, and you've won the game. And you know what? They won the game. And I'm listening to the commentators, and at one point, the commentator says they believed they could do it. And I thought, They believed they could do it. They believed they could do it. What do you believe God has for you? 
Because if you do not believe that it's for you, you will not pursue it and you will not go after it. If you do not believe that it is for you, you're not going to put the effort to it. And these, this team, they believed they could do it. And they interviewed some players. And the player says, well, well, yeah, we've done it before. And we just believed we can do it. Belief is powerful in, in accessing and possessing your territory. So we saw Abraham was the territory was promised. God has a promise for every single one of you. And we see that Moses, the territory was remembered. This morning, Pastor Brenda shared, some of you might think my dream is dead. God has not forgotten it. God does not forget that. And I'm here to tell you, your dream is not dead. And God remembered it. And then we saw Joshua was the territory was ready. And if you want to see some amazing, let's turn just for a minute. I want to just show a couple verses. Go to Joshua chapter 2. God's got territory for you. God's got territory for you. God has a spiritual territory, a level of relationship, a level of understanding for you. God has physical things for you. I believe God's got physical things for you, natural things for you. I don't think it's just spiritual. I believe it's also natural. And I want you to see how um, in Joshua chapter 2, and this is the story about Rahab. The second time they went to take a look into the land. And uh, Rahab is talking to the, to the uh, children of Israel, the two, two men that they sent to spy them, spy out the land. And uh, if you go to verse 9, chapter 2, I want you to see this verse. This is, this is what your enemy is thinking. This is what your enemy is thinking. As you get ready to possess the land, this is what your enemy is thinking. He says, um, she says to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us. The terror of you has fallen on us, and all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. The enemy is faint-hearted because of you. You strike more fear into the enemy than you realize. You strike more fear into those things that oppose you spiritually and naturally than you actually realize. And the two spies went and she says to them, and, and this is, it even gets better than this. She says, all the inhabitants of the land are faint hearted. And then she goes on, she says, for we heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. Do you know when he dried up the water of the Red Sea? 40 years earlier. 40 years earlier, the inhabitants of Jericho were freaked out because they knew Israel was coming. What, not just the last week. This was something that they lived in fear and terror for 40 years because they knew Israel was coming. They had more faith in what God was going to do than Israel did. 
<laughs> they believed they were going to be trouble and uh, beat up and distraught and, and destroyed. They believed that before Israel believed it. They believed it for 40 years. They just knew the day was coming when they'd have to give up. Now, I want to give you a piece of advice here. The territory that you have and that God is giving you, is there, there's going to be some people against you. I'm uh, sorry, not people. There is, there is going to be some resistance. But it's not going to be people. The Bible says you don't fight against flesh and blood. You might think it's a person. <laughs> you might even give them a name. But it says we don't fight against flesh and blood. So when you are looking at territory, don't fight with somebody else about the territory God has for you. If somebody wants to give and say it's not for you, you know what? You don't have to pay attention. You pay attention to what God says. It says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. And what, what it talks about is the fact that the territory that God has for you requires a spiritual battle and a spiritual attitude of commitment that you're not going to give up. And the battle that you have in front of you, the amazing thing is when the children of Israel were ready to go for battle, if you go on a couple other chapters, chapters further, you'll find out that God says to them, I'm going to fight the battle for you. I just find that amazing. It's almost like when I finally get to the point where I'm ready to say, okay, Lord, I'm ready to do it. He says, great, I'll do it for you. Joshua had that in chapter 5, I believe, of Joshua where he's ready to go and take a look at Jericho and to defeat it. And the captain of the army of the Lord, and when you study it, you find out that was Jesus, stood there in front of him with his sword. And he says, are you for me or against me? And he says, no, I've been sent for you. When you get ready to take the territory that God has for you, God stands with you and he fights the battle for you. Then last week, I really enjoyed last week. So we've talked about promise of territory, remembering territory, territory being ready. And last week we were challenged in evangelism. And that's where I want to spend a bit of time today. Evangelist Daniel and Jessica King, they gave us some homework. Does anybody remember the homework that he gave us? Does anybody remember? Sister Carrie. Excellent. In the next month. So within the next month, he gave us homework and he says, why don't you ask God for somebody or a couple if you're a family, but identify somebody, ask God to give you somebody that, that you can invite over or meet with them, but somehow connect with them to show them Christ and to give them the love of Christ. So that was an assignment that he gave us, and I thought, wow, that's cool. Because last year we did something called One for Two. Does anybody remember One for Two? 
Um, and what that was, and we're going to do it again now. In fact, if I could have the ushers, um, if I could have the ushers pass out the one for two. So if you need, and this is for everybody. So go ahead, gentlemen. This is for everybody, even for your children. What, what you have in this packet is, um, I do have one. I didn't get stickers this year, but we bought a bunch of magnets. So I'll just explain what's in the bag, and then I'll continue on. But in the bag, you've got a sticker. One that says one for two, sorry, magnet. It says one for two, and another magnet that says I pray. And we had those last year. But we got some more. Then also what we have in there is a yellow and a white paper. And as I'm preaching, now for the next few minutes, um, before we have soup, I'm going to ask for these to be filled out. And you can join us. And what we're going to ask is if there's two people that God puts on your mind and on your heart that you'd like to pray for and commit to pray for them daily. And... Even if it's the same people, if you say, well, I did it last year, you can put the same names down. If there's a couple other people and you say, you know what, last year I prayed for so-and-so, this year I'd like to pray for two other people, that's fine. We'll, we'll take them. And, and what you do is you keep the white one with you and the yellow one, if you could, if you pass it in um, so that, pardon me? Yeah, at the end of the service, we'll collect them. But this way, um, I'd like to join you in this. It's not so that I can spy on you. I want somebody to smile. I'm not very good at spying. It's, it's so that I can join with you in prayer. Um, so you'll be filling that out. And then in there also, and I will get to this in a couple minutes here, is in fact, if you'd like to take this out, this is a pamphlet which explains what one for two is and also has some verses and, and prayers in there. So we're going to spend a bit of time looking on this. Um, and, and to see ways that we can share the love of Christ with people. So if you want to get that out and get ready to go through that, um, before the service, Sister Kathy, you mentioned you had an amazing appointment, divine appointment this week. So why don't you come up and share? And I'd like to give, we've got a couple minutes, we don't have a lot of time, but I'd like to give a couple minutes if anybody has a testimony from a one for two I pray from last year that you would like to share, I want to give you an opportunity um, to do that. So if you want to think about that for a second, we'll have Sister Kathy share. Um, well, I'd just like to share this little testimony of a divine appointment that happened last week. Um, we were traveling to the States, and um, before I left, I prayed and asked God for a divine appointment, um, because he gave me one some time before when we went, and we uh, had opportunity to pray for someone in a restaurant. Anyway, so I prayed and almost forgot about it, and when we were nearly there, we stopped for dinner again. Uh, in this restaurant, and uh, there was a bit of a, a queue. So um, while I was waiting, I got this feeling of excitement inside of me. I didn't know why. And um, 
I looked around and the people in front of us, I thought, well, there didn't seem to be anyone who needs prayer. Uh, and then <clears throat> a few minutes later, this lady who'd been stood in front of us, um, she seemed to keep looking at us out of her eye corner and turning round. And then eventually she spoke and said, um, would we keep her place in the, the queue while um, she went to find someone? Um, she brought this um, old gentleman who was 92 that day and wanted to give it, you know, take him out for dinner. And she explained that he'd been um, a musician. Well, he was a musician even. And um, he was in the, what was it, the Swinging Hall of Fame uh, in 1996. And his name was Johnny Jonathan. And she said, he, I, I've got to go find him. He, he seems to have gone. So off she went, and then she came back, and, and she'd found him, and he looked really quite poorly and old and sad, and he couldn't get in the queue, he couldn't, he couldn't stand, he sat, he went and got a seat fairly close by and sat down, and he looked really bad, so I thought, maybe I should pray for him. And so I said to, to the woman, um, do you think he would mind if I offered to pray for him? You know, we prayed for someone uh, recently, and you know, his back was a lot better. So she said, um, How loud will you be praying? <laughs> so I said, oh, oh, not loud, you know, I'd really quiet and discreetly. So she said, Go for it. So I went across to him and just explained and asked if he would like prayer, and he was so grateful. And so I prayed with him, and then they were taken in um, for, the, for their table. And, but as he was going, he went like this to me. So I thought, mm, must be feeling a bit better or something, you know. And his countenance had started to change. He looked happier and different. And we could see them from our table. And once or twice, he waved. And um, he was just looking different to what he did when we first saw him. So... Um, when we left before then, um, I said, let's go over and just say bye. We almost became friends with them in the few short um, you know, minutes we were with them. So we went over, and he said, I'm feeling better. And uh, he looked, the amazing thing was, his countenance just had changed, and he looked happy. And he looked, he grabbed my hand and shook my hand, and I think he was so grateful someone had prayed for him or cared about him. But he said he felt better, and uh, he looked so much better. Anyway, he got his wallet out and gave me his card, and there's this little photo of him with his cowboy hat on and stuff. Um, and uh, he was called Johnny Johnson and from Marysville. So I'm going to call him during the week and, and hope, you know, um, that the Lord can maybe use me a bit more with him, you know, if he doesn't know Jesus. And uh, Yeah, so it was exciting. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Is there anybody else that, that has a short testimony of one for two or I pray from this past year? Linda and Alicia. Great. Alicia, why don't you quickly come up and then Linda right after. You did have your hand up. Um, so I'm probably not the only but person who has been praying for our friends, Michael and Melanie, this last year. They were um, uh, wanting to have a baby, and then God just 
they were having a hard time, and then we were just praying, and everybody was praying, and, and then they just gave it, they just actually quit for a little bit, just like, okay, we're just going to trust the Lord and whatever. And, um, and, and unfortunately, we, they lost um, Chan, and he went up to see Jesus. And shortly after that, like that month, she got pregnant. <laughs> and I just want to rejoice. We've just been thankful and praying for them ever since that it's all running smoothly in their little Luca. Um, we're just so happy to have, the, have them have a baby or, the, you know, pregnant. <laughs> awesome. Amen. Amen. Linda. Uh, last year I chose um, an institution. It was a, a Maplewood um, long-term care facility where my mother was at. and So I made a list of all the, all the people that were connected right to the owners and just started praying and I kept a little journal book and uh, it was an interesting journey because I did it faithfully for a long time and then after a while I was like oh okay all right got to get back on track and anyways um, my mom ended up passing away in July of, of that year but at, in this journey what was so exciting was watching different doors open and I had prayed I said Lord if there's anything I need to know to pray would you reveal that to me? And it just seemed like I get information from here. I go there, and I had extreme favor. I did. I had real, got to know, know the people and got some really good friends with the seniors. And I started getting information, and it's like, wow, this feels like insider info. <laughs> so anyways, um, it was an awesome time of praying. And I didn't pray for everybody. I didn't go through my list. I just said, Lord, who needs prayer? And this one particular day, just one example, there was a, one of the care aides who was, he looked kind of stressed, and I stopped him in the hallway, and I said, you, would you like me to pray for you? You look really stressed, and oh, would you? And, and he turns out he was a believer, but I just took that risk of asking him. And after that day, he always had the bigger smile for me when I saw him. So. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Melissa, come on up. You're the next contestant on I Pray. Right before we last year signed up for the one for two um, through Facebook, this guy I went to college and careers with reconnected with me. And so he was asking me at that time to pray for him and and so when we were choosing names, it was obvious I was going to choose him then. <laughs> and uh, they have a, I had no idea, but um, he had a lot of issues from childhood. His wife had a lot of issues, split personality issues. Like, she, And so I just started praying victory and freedom and overcoming and he did do one weekend, and um, he had to reenact whatever he went through in his childhood, and he was freaking out, and he's messaging me, and he's like, I can't do this, and, and I'm just like, you, you're victorious. It's already over. You just he's, he's already won the battle, and uh, he ended up doing it, and he walked out with freedom. Awesome. 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 Hallelujah. 
So if you take your pamphlet that you have there, I'd like to just show you a couple things. We, last year we passed this out and we had just prayers in it and how you can pray for, for those around you. This year we've added a little bit to it. So if you just opened up to the front where it says uh, on the bottom of the front on the left hand side it says share the love of God with someone. So what is I pray? Um, I believe God gave this to Winona and myself as a simple way that we can become more active in our faith. I don't know about you, but I sometimes get a little scared to share Christ with somebody I don't know. I got to be honest with you. It can be a little intimidating. Um, And that might be because I had some doors closed in my face as a little boy. Um, It can be a various number of reasons. But there's, there is some people that have no problem with that or are very bold and can share Christ with anybody. But I would think the majority or most of the believers I know, um, if I know you, it's a lot easier. If I've never met you, I'm a little more timid. So how does this work? Well, it's a simple way that you can impact those in your circle of influence. So when you think about two people... Are there a couple people in your circle of influence who you know, whether you know them well or not really well, that you'd like to pray for? Um, And then what it is, is it's a commitment. And and what we did was you can either pray individually for two people or if you wanted to pick as a family, some families picked two families to pray for. But what it was, was a commitment where you would pray for them on a regular basis, daily. Daily. Last year, we, we looked at it for the full year, and I will say I didn't pray for my two people necessarily every day of the year, but out of 365 days, um, I probably prayed for them over 320 times, and that was more than I prayed for them the year before. So I see that as an improvement. And part of this is for us to get more active in our faith, even in the fact that we're praying for somebody. Because what happens when you pick somebody and you pray for them, God will strategically, and in only ways that God can, He'll bring them across your path somehow. So when you commit yourself and you say, I will take this step and I will do this, God will open up and give you opportunities. So how do you participate in I pray? Um, You write their names down. Keep one card, turn the yellow one in. But then I want, you to, I want to show you some ways that you can share the love of Jesus with them. Because this to me is where it can become really practical. So last week, Daniel and Jessica challenged us and gave us homework to invite somebody out to spend some time with somebody that wasn't a believer. So I've got some thoughts here. Invite them for coffee. So if you want to go to the next slide there. There should be a slide about sharing the love of Jesus. There we go. Invite them for coffee. Email or message them a short note. Pray for them and with them. If you see them and they express a need, you can just say, I've done it before where I say, well, I'll be praying for you. Sometimes they're happy if you just say that, and there might be, and, it, and you feel in your conversation, the Holy Spirit will quicken you, and he'll say, you know what? Tell them you'll pray for them right now. Ask them if that's okay. Or the Holy Spirit might say, just let them know you'll pray for them. What you do is you listen to the Holy Spirit and He will direct you. 
Offer assistance to help them in a specific way. Invite them over to your home for a meal. Plan an activity with them. Invite them to church. Try one of my pickup lines. (laughs) You might get them to laugh and they might go, hey, dude. Um, Send them a text message. A couple of the people that are on my list, I send a text message to regularly. Encouraging them, letting them know I'm praying for you. Every time I send them a text message, I say, I'm praying for you. And that one of the individuals has said to me, David, I'm not a Christian yet. That's what he said to me like three or four times now. And I'm thinking, man, you, you're on your way. He just doesn't know it yet. Um, we have resources here in the church. We have some DVD series. We did a series a couple years ago on marriage. You might say, you know what, there's a couple families I know that maybe we could do some, some teaching on marriage. If you talk with us, you can't just grab the DVDs, but if you talk with us, we have some DVDs. There's one real hilarious DVD by a guy named Mark Gunger. Talk about laugh your way to a better marriage. If you want to have some fun with couples, get that one. He's serious, but at the same time, he is hilarious. There's, we have Alpha. We have other material. So if you're interested in doing something, you say, well, I'm not sure, but this is maybe what I'd like to do. Let us know, and we may be able to help you with some material. Or if you've heard of material, you might want to say, hey, do you have this or something? We can check what we have in our library. And you might invite... Now, listen, don't invite them for coffee and then put on the video... You know, don't say, hey, hey, why don't you come for a nice relaxing evening of coffee? And then they come in and you go, ambush, we're going to have a Bible study. Don't do that, okay? Be honest with them up front right off the bat. And it might not have anything spiritual to do with it. There should have been a few people that went, phew. You don't have to take out the four spiritual laws and walk through with them and say, Are you say, do you know where you're going if you die tonight? Do you know? You don't have to do that. What you want to do is you want to build a relationship. You want to build a relationship. I'm more interested in them as a person and when I, when I share with them and I love them and I care for them, things open up. So you might say, you know what, we just want to have, there, there might be a movie out that you like that's real funny, you know, like the Penguin ones or some of those Madagascar ones or something. <laughs> you know what, invite them over to watch a movie. And just, you don't, you don't have to stop the movie halfway through and say, do you realize what they just said? There's a spiritual implication to what the Penguin just said. You don't have to do that. Build a relationship. Invite them over. See how they're doing. And if you're, and you might even be a little uncomfortable with that, then what I would suggest you do is invite somebody from the church also. Somebody that you know. So you can say, you know what, we're going to have a couple couples come. And that might just help the conversation go a little easier. Some, my dad was not a great conversationalist when we were kids. And my, every Sunday, my mom and dad would have people over. Every single Sunday, 
my mom and dad would have people over to their house. I don't know how they did it, but my mom and dad literally, and I'm not kidding, every single Sunday. And I remember before I was 10 years old, he got better as, but the first few years, he would sit on the couch and he'd have nine boys and we would be jumping all over him while the other couple was there. And then if that couple had children, those children would just play and join in. And that's how my dad, he, he didn't have to have a conversation. He was just who he was. And people enjoyed coming over. So you don't have to have, oh, I've got a list of questions. Just, oh. So, where did you grow up? Oh, Africa. Oh, boy, I don't have that country on my list. Oh, no. Okay? So, I want to encourage you. Step out of your comfort zone. It takes, it takes something. Um, but you can do this. I believe, I believe every single one of you here, every single one of you has something to offer. I believe it. I believe it from the youngest person here to the oldest person here. I am convinced that every single one of you has something to offer to somebody. So look at somebody and say, you've got something to offer. Look at them and say, you've got something to offer. So this is a way that I'm hoping and I believe that you can share and build a relationship. And if some of you, some of you might say, oh, this is great. I can do this. And, and, and some people are very outgoing and extroverted and, and it's real easy. And others of us, it's a little more of a challenge. But I believe if you take this and you try it, I believe doors will open and opportunities will come. So this, this doesn't replace your salvation, but what this does is this just helps you maybe reach out. So you have the first two pages there of explaining, I pray. And then what we have in there, and we had these last year, is there's four pages of prayers. The most effective prayer you can do is praying the word over somebody. Okay, the most effective thing you can do is pray God's word over somebody's life. So what we've done is we've put in some verses in there. For instance, right in the middle, if you opened up right in the middle, um, and you looked on the first one on the right-hand side where it says, greatness of your power. If you want to pray that over somebody, you could say, Father, would you reveal to David the greatness of your power? Would you display your mighty power in his life and that he would know that you love him and that you are his high tower, that he would experience your might and power and that you are far above all and that you reign over every situation. And what you've done is you prayed the word of God over David. And so what you do is, is you just take these words, these verses, and that hopefully that helps you because I'm not interested in just saying, God bless them today. God bless them. I've heard that. I've seen that. I've participated in it. I'm more interested in God. Would you touch their life? Lord, you know the situation they're up against. And would you just, Lord, would you be their shepherd today? 
Would you? And you know what? Even if they don't know Christ, he can still talk to them. They don't have to be a Christian to experience something from the Word of God. In fact, you were not a Christian when you experienced God. He came and encountered you, and he offered of what he had to you. So you can say, God, would you reveal your goodness to him? Would you bless him? Would you just give him something today that just makes him realize that you're there, that, that, that there's something bigger in life than him? So you've got some verses there. Now if you flip to the back there, not the back, but the last page, and you flip that over and it says, how do I share Jesus with somebody? I want to show you just a few things First, everyone has a different need. Not everybody is going to have the same. So don't think it always is going to be this way, this way, this way, this way. Everyone has a different need. But you also have to realize that Jesus is the only answer. Jesus is the answer. Brother Howard, when you shared this morning with communion, and you were talking about how Jesus is the one, that was awesome. He is the only one that can satisfy. He's the only one. And, and, and evangelist Daniel King, as he was sharing last week, and he spent some other time with some of us, he shared, an evangelist, it always brings the conversation back to Christ. So the conversation always comes back to Christ. You do not have to sit there and tell them, oh, I've got to bring it back to Christ. No, you just show them Christ's love. Because Paul is writing and he says, one person plants the seed, another person waters the seed, but God is the one that brings the increase. So my job is just to water the seed, plant the seed, keep it watering it, keep loving it, keep sharing, and somebody will reap the harvest. And it may be me, it might be you. So you have a few, how do I share with people? Christ and then also it says, how can I be saved? So if, if you have somebody that'd like to be saved, and again, there's many different verses, but this verse is here. There's about four or five verses, and they're from Romans. And if you wanted to look something up, you would just Google Romans Road to Salvation. And that's it on Google. And what it does is it shows you about four or five verses in Romans that shows your condition. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That was my condition. Then what's the remedy? That Jesus came. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Actually, that's the result. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's Romans. And then it also says in Romans, if anyone believes on, on Christ and confesses him with his mouth and believes in his heart, he shall be saved. And there's three or four verses in here, very simply. And again, you don't have to sit down with them across the table and go, ooh, do you know that you are a sinner? Okay. Oh, you do? Okay. Do you know that the wages of your sin is... No, you share from your life. But what this does is hopefully this gives you some thoughts, some scripture, and some input, and it helps you as you look to sharing Christ's love with someone. So, that explains this. Everybody can have a copy of this. Okay? So, if you did not get a copy for some reason, let the ushers know. These magnets, they work great on bumpers. And then when you pass somebody, um, especially when you pass somebody and they say, I pray, they go, you know, you might have to slow down the next time. <laughs> um, but um, they work great. I, I have one on my, dishwa on my, my 
washing machine. So every time I go to flip the load of laundry, I pray. So hopefully what it does is it gets it in front of you. Um, you might have a, we don't have a metal fridge, but if you've got a metal fridge, stainless steel seems to be the way to go these days, but if you've got a metal fridge and you've got a bunch of pictures from your kids, use that and stick this on and put the kids' pictures underneath it. So what we're trying to do is give you, and hopefully this keeps you more aware. I believe it has in the last year. I believe we prayed more in the last year than we've prayed before. But this year, I'm going for souls. And I think we're going for souls. We're going for 12 souls this year. And I believe this is an opportunity and an avenue to help us get there. And God can do divine appointments. When we prepare ourselves, God will give us divine appointments. So did anybody not receive this? Did anybody, was anybody missed? If anybody's missed, let me know. Raise your hands and we've got some ushers that can pass them out to you. If you'd like to fill those out, if you've got them filled out, um, can we get the ushers? Are we able to, uh, Renee, pick these up? We've got, if you can pass them on to the to middle aisle or have them and we'll, we'll bring the offering envelope. If you want to put some money in there too, that's okay. Come on, that was a good joke. All right, why don't we do that and then we're going to pray and we're going to enjoy our soup. Oh, Pastor Brenda has an announcement. Okay, well... One of the ushers, if you want to come forward, Pastor Brenda.